This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. That means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. There are like 30 raised pizzas. They all claim to be the original, but the real one's on 11th. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. Hey everyone, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I just put on my yoga pants and Ugg boots. I'm headed out to get a pumpkin spice latte because today is the first day of fall. I'm not kidding around this year, folks. And here to help us celebrate, we're talking with some of the biggest rock stars on the financial interweb machine about easy ways to improve your finances, flip your financial focus, and more. First, we welcome from the Adventure Rich blog, Mrs. Adventure Rich. God, who names their kid that? Jeez, it takes all kinds, doesn't it? And joining us from a bunker somewhere under Los Angeles, the creator of the blog, LenPenzo.com, George Bush. I'm just kidding, it's Len Penzo. And in our Friday FinTech segment, looking for better help for your pets, we'll introduce you to Ask.Vet. Now, here's a guy who loves him some pumpkin spice, Joe Salciha. Because when the shoe fits, hey everybody, welcome to Friday on the Stacking Benjamin Show, ending your week in the right way. I am Joe Saul Cihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter, back here in the basement to help you do a better job with your money. And you know what? We've got a fantastic roundtable today. But first, how about making sure that you're fantastic with your money to the tune of 450 bucks? How'd you like to have an extra 450 in your pocket? Well, that's the average amount of money the person who goes to magnifymoney.com saves when they go there. Because what we know is when you go to Magnify Money, you know what you find? You find that those checking accounts that you have, the savings account, those credit cards, not competitive. In fact, Nick over at Magnify Money says that if you are not getting a 2% reward cash back on your card, you're leaving money on the table if you give 1% or 1.5%. So if you've got great credit and you pay your bills off every month, do that. If you don't, Magnify Money is the best place to look for lower interest rates on those accounts that you'll use to pay your debts off quicker. Consolidate your debt to a lower interest rate. Give less money to the man. Average person saves 450 bucks. StackingBenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money. And 
at the end of the show today. We'll do what we always do. We'll head to Magnify Money and we'll take a look and see exactly what uh, savings account rates are at now because they've been inching upward. So that'll be fun. Also, today's show is sponsored by FamZoo. Wouldn't it be cool if you could teach kids the good money habits they need to stack Benjamins from the very beginning instead of learning like I did the hard way after college? Well, the problem is most kids don't get money concepts in school and we don't give them many hands-on experiences with money at home. FamZoo is the answer. It's a financial education for kids wrapped up in an award-winning app with prepaid cards. Those cards are ordered in just a few minutes at famzoo.com. They use those then to begin making their own purchases. But here's what's cool. When they make their own purchases, they can't overdraft. They can't run up any debt. The app makes it easy and quick to move money to the kids, keep an eye on their activity, and even lock down the card if necessary. It's the perfect training wheels for your family for bank debit cards or credit cards later on. Now, I thought when I first heard about FamZoo, I thought, what do I want to give my kids plastic? Everybody knows that we should live cash. Well, how realistic is that? If your kid's 10 years old right now, the chance that your kid is going to go through the same thing you did or I did, not very good. Teach them about the horror or the awesomeness that can be plastic early on. StackyBedjamins.com forward slash FamZoo. In fact, read the amazing FamZoo reviews on Facebook or iTunes from families all across the U.S. If you don't believe me, Go read some of the awesome reviews of FamZoo. All right. Great show for you today. Mrs. Adventure Rich is going to join us on the show. And uh, Ask.Vet. So excited. If you've got pets, you want to listen to the middle of the show today. But let's get on it. All right, let's walk across the basement here and fire up my dad's shortwave. See if we can get some of the greatest minds in financial writing on the line. And if they're not available, then let's just get anybody. No, I'm joking because of course I'm joking because we're going to Southern California first, where I think Mr. Len Penzo is waiting for us. Are Joe, you? how are you, my friend? Dude, you're there. Thank goodness Dude, you're there. Congratulations on your award. Thank you. Th- congratulations on your award. Well, you're, you're, <laughs> yeah, right. All the- but, uh, you get all the credit, my friend. It's uh, well-deserved, and uh, it was great meeting up with you out there in Anaheim for dinner and uh, had a great time. We did have a great time. For those of you that don't know what Len's talking about, we beat some way bigger talent than us, way, way bigger talent than us at the Academy of Podcasters Awards. Best Business Podcast went to us over like Tim Ferriss, Planet Money, uh, oh, awesome. the, the Pitch, How I Built This, another NPR show that I like, Jocko, uh, Pat Flynn. Michael Stelzner and and social media marketing world just Ray Edwards big shows so fantastic Joe feather was. in your cap my friend pretty amazing well, well, it's, well deserved it's well all deserved. because it's all because I know you either that or I owe some judge twenty <laughs> right. bucks some I don't know and guess what Len we're gonna go to my old neck of the woods actually north of my old neck of the woods to the Michigan area northern Michigan where Mrs Adventure Rich from the Adventure Rich blog is gonna join us tonight are you there. Hello, hello. How are you, Joe? Hey, fantastic. How are you? Doing really well. Living the life up here in Northern Michigan. Well, I'm so glad I got to meet you a couple months ago. And I'm also glad that you could join us today and save this show. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it a try. <laughs> so tell everybody about the Adventure Ridge blog, because I love what you guys are doing. Yeah. So Adventure Rich, we cover two kind of separate but intertwined topics, personal finance and adventure. So personal finance, we'll cover our financial philosophy, frugality, 
um, and our journey towards financial independence and maybe early retirement. And you guys on the adventure side, we see so many of our friends and family in what we would call the daily grind. And whether you're in debt, whether you're in the accumulation phase, whether you're in college, life doesn't have to be a grind. It's a beautiful adventure. There's so many things you can do right here and now. And so we want to have everyone live a life of adventure. I love that idea of not waiting until you're old to have the adventure. Like, don't wait till you're Len Penzo's age to start having adventures. <laughs> You know what? I'm the old man. Yes, I'm probably twice as old as you, Mrs. A.R., so uh, <laughs> you've got plenty of time. We don't have to talk numbers of here. Time ahead of you. <laughs> Life is not a number. Just adventure, Len. Yeah, adventure. and that's the thing. <laughs> Always an adventure. That's our motto here. Absolutely. Well, I can already tell this show is going to be an adventure, so let's jump into it. We're going to start off with a piece that I found at ClarkHoward.com. This is written by Alex Thomas Sadler. 40 things you can do today to take control of your money. And uh, Mrs. AR, we're going to call you to keep it short. Which one of these 40 did you really like? Because there's some cool stuff in here. Yeah. So first of all, 40, man, that would take all day. But I loved number four, which was uh, making a savings automatic. This is a huge thing for Mr. Adventure Rich and I. We try to make as much of our savings automatic, not only practically, so we can just not even you know think about it. We set it, forget it. We're not tempted by it. But then also kind of psychologically, I love the fact that my paycheck now going into my checking account is smaller than my paycheck five years ago when I started my career. And it's all because everything's automatically heading to retirement, to savings, to my HSA, my 401k, everything like that. So I can't touch it. It's great. I love what she's saying, Len, because it's not about discipline, right? It's about making sure the money just automatically goes where you want it. Absolutely. And uh, you know what? We're we're getting there. The old folks that we are being the honeybee you know, it's been a slow process getting automated like that. But yes, and we're getting there and it does make things so much easier. But it's funny, Mrs. A.R., you know, when I talk to really wealthy people and you talk to them about discipline, they say it's not about discipline. It's about recognizing one time that you made a great move and then replicating that over and over. It seems like that's what you guys are doing. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. I think that was a huge thing is learning that there was such thing as lifestyle inflation. And if we didn't act now and act accordingly to say, hey, we're going to stop this in some way. The money in the bank just, it'll look, you know, money in the checking account will look like you have money, but money in a savings or retirement account, it's not as visible. And I love kind of stashing it away and pretending it isn't there and letting it pile up in the background. Let me ask you about, uh, about well, one. Uh, wait, I just want, Joe, I want to just remind Mrs. A.R. one thing. There's another type of inflation that I'm suffering from now, and that's waistline inflation. And that happens as you get older too. <laughs> That's, that's what happens well, when you're always test driving sandwiches and ice cream. <laughs> right? That's why you have those taste tests. Oh, I can't wait for the BLT again. You, 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 don't, have to have, you don't have to have eight of them, Len. After that episode, my husband came home hungry. Oh, I bet he did. I bet I was hungry and I had to talk to him. So I know exactly. So I'm not going to lie. That night after that episode, we made sandwiches for dinner. We grilled <laughs> them up and we made sandwiches. Hey, he didn't get upset at the cheese sandwich, did he? Oh, no, not at all. My okay. goodness. My, our son, if, he should be made of peanut butter and jelly. But cheese sandwiches, though, are borderline child abuse. Isn't that what the, what the what review said, Lynn? Yeah. yeah. Well, don't tell anyone then because I feed them to my son all the time. Oh, boy. Child Protective Services. Thank goodness you're anonymous, Mrs. A.R. 
exactly. Well, let me ask you something though. While we're while we're talking about this, so you like Len work for the man during the day, and when you get a, when you get a pay raise, you know obviously you avoid lifestyle inflation because you save a percent of your income into your four hundred one k or whatever plans that you have. But but how do you avoid the rest of it going to lifestyle inflation? Do you go in and and adjust your savings up? What do you do? Yes, actually. So the checking account that we have is the last account that gets money from our paycheck. So what happens first is, you know, it goes to some of the retirement accounts, HSA, dependent care FSA, and then it actually gets direct deposited into once we've maxed all of those out. So we can't do any more. The rest we start to direct deposit into different um, savings accounts separate from our checking account, different bank. It's an online online bank. We use Ally Bank. And so um, we're saving, whether it's for an emergency fund, whether it's for our next car, which might be five, 10 years off, but we'll put throw 50, 100 bucks a paycheck in there to save up so that we can buy a used car when the time comes, whatever the financial goal is. It could even be a vacation fund, but we try to throw that into the savings accounts. Um, and the last thing that money goes to is that checking account. What do you do? So then? do, you, do we really do, keep that low. Do you have money then go from savings into checking or do you still have direct deposit from work into checking? I still have check. Yeah. Direct deposit into checking, okay. but it's a set number and that number doesn't change. Gotcha. Oh, Len, so that's... if any, if I get an increase, the increase goes into the savings accounts. Beat that Len Penzo. Uh, I, okay, well, that's all good. We do the same thing, Mrs. A.R. Another thing I do to prevent lifestyle inflation is we do something called, we have a strategic plan. I've been doing this for, oh my gosh, 20 years. And I plan things to keep myself from getting excited and spending all my money all at once. I have a plan where I've planned out big expenditures 10 years out into the future. And when you, it's kind of like a really ultimate big plan. Uh, 30,000 foot view of your finances. And when you see that plan laid out like that, of how you're going to spend your money over 10 years, it keeps you from saying, oh, I've got to spend this now. I've got to, you know, I've got to buy this car now. No, I'm going to buy it five years from now because it's in the strategic plan. So it kind of gives you, it kind of keeps you from spending money prematurely. That's another way to help. That's awesome. Do you then basically chart a roadmap? So kind of say, hey, we have these different milestones and markers with maybe numbers tied to them and Absolutely. work towards those goals. Yes, That's I do. That's a great idea. I really but like here's, that. Here's the scary thing now. I'm I'm, the, I'm getting to the point now where it says dead. I'm at the end <laughs> of the strategic plan and I see dead. So it's uh, kind of scary. Here's a bigger thing. Here's a bi- <laughs> bigger thing, Mrs. A.R., is that uh, the honeybee, Mrs. Penzo, has her very own strategic plan, which has nothing to do with Len's strategic plan. <laughs> The hidden strategic plan. Yeah, guess who's strategic? Hey, hey Joe, have you seen it? Because I want to. You gotta, you gotta help a guy out here. I, I, it's in that notebook, top secret. Right, right. That, that one, the one that says, "Don't open this, Len." Ever. <laughs> right, Len. Which one of these do you like? Of these forty right. things I, that Clark Howard talks okay, about. Okay, this one's gonna sound lame, and you're, everybody's gonna roll their eyes. It's a very small one, but to me, it is really. Let me just, it's number 16, invest your spare change. And it's amazing how much spare change you can collect in a year. And I think I've given this example once before on your podcast, Joe, the, the example of my parents. What they do is not really spare change, but I guess it is, is every time they do a load of clothes, they take a quarter from, the cha- from their change and they put it in their savings jar. And how much money do you think they save? This is just my mom and my dad. They don't have a family. How much do you think they save every year doing loads of clothes? Oh, I can't imagine. But it's got to be in the hundreds of dollars. It is. It's four, say they, save, 
four hundred dollars. Four hundred dollars by just by saying, "Hey, every time I do a, a load of clothes or a dry, I'm going to throw a quarter in the jar." And they save four hundred dollars, and at the end of the year, they use that for their Christmas gifts or what have you. So they're not investing it, but hey, they're saving it and they're using it for something worthwhile. So, so they charge themselves like they're a coin laundry service. Yes, exactly. Yep. Really interesting. I I like an app called Tip Yourself that we've talked about before on the show, where every time you do something fun, you know, you tip your waiters at the restaurant. Why wouldn't you tip yourself when you do something? So when I go out on a run. I'll tip myself a few dollars. So it's almost the same thing, Len, where I look at the money in my checking account and I go, yeah, I could tip myself five bucks. And so I tip it. And now I've got a bunch of money sitting in a spot for my next vacation that wasn't sitting there before. And you guess how much of the difference I felt in my life? None. Yeah. Well, you know what? Though? It works, right? Yes. Some of these, some of these are dumb. I mean, some of these are the 40 are really dumb. So, <laughs> so Mrs. AR, which one of these is a total waste of time? Len, you may have redeemed it a little bit, but number 16 was actually my total waste of time. <laughs> and I do have this written down, so you can absolutely like check this out, not lying. So here's my thought. It's actually funny because I'm going to use some of your own arguments against you anyways. Um, do you want to come back next week? Wait a minute. Hold on. We got to stop the show for a second. Mrs. AR, do you want to come on every week? Absolutely. Just, just come on and fight with Len every week. That's perfect. Yeah. All right. So... I get the whole invest the change and invest, you know, your pennies and dimes, but I am a big fan of the bigger lifestyle changes and habits. So what I was thinking is, Hey, I can go to Panera bread and I can spend $10 and 62 cents on a sandwich and an app will save rounded up to 11, save the extra 38 cents. So 38 cents saved $11 out of my pay or out of my checking account. There you go. Or I can take lens sandwiches make it at home, make a turkey and Swiss sandwich for 62 cents. And I've just saved $10 rather than spending 11 to only save 38 cents. So I think that's where I see the bigger habit change, like make the sandwich at home, make the bigger financial decisions like buying a car, buying a house, investing rather than the small pennies here and there. Len? (laughs) Well, I would just suggest maybe Mrs. AR just needs to get her clothes more dirty. (laughs) Do laundry a few more times. (laughs) (laughs) I do like that idea, though, focusing on the big things. But it seems, Len, I mean, to save you a little bit, that's easy enough for them to do where it really isn't. I mean, it it sounds like what Mrs. A.R. is talking about is mind share. Don't spend any of your mind on that. Yeah. Uh, Hey, no. Hey, what Mrs. A.R. said is I totally agree with with Mrs. A.R. on that. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue that at all. She has a good point, too. Hey, and to be fair, I did say it was a small thing. It's just something that I I liked. And and it was to me, it was something that was easy, something, an easy way to make a few hundred bucks, you know, squeeze out a few hundred bucks out of your uh, budget every year. Well, well, yeah. And that's where I do think you have redeemed it a little bit for me. But go go easy on me, Mrs. Ayer. You're going to make me cry. (laughs) Don't make me cry on Joe's podcast. You don't want to have Len cry. When when Len cries the whole thing that it's horrible. (laughs) Just horrible. Uh, Len, which one of these sucks? Which one did Mrs. Ayer pick? Uh, She picked yours. That she liked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> number four, number four, automatic savings. <laughs> yeah, automatic savings. That's for the birds. No, I like that one. No, you know what? The one that number 22, the shop at more than one grocery store. I, You know what? I f- figured you'd end up spending more money driving around uh, uh, in gas uh, trying to save a few dimes on a certain product than just getting everything you need at the one grocery store. 
not to mention your own time, you know, yeah. time is valuable and the exactly. running in and out of stores, you're always like, oh, it's a quick run. I'll just run into Walmart. That never happens, right? 45 minutes later, you're out of there. Right. Yeah. So, so you agree, Miss? I picked a good one there, right? I absolutely agree. Oh, that was another good, <laughs> good downer on the 40 list. <laughs> Virtual high five here. <laughs> Let's move on to our second piece, guys, which comes to us from uh, Kiplinger. And uh, this is a piece written by Michael Martin, investment advisor representative with uh, Legacy Financial Partners. He says, Len Penzo, that it's time to flip your financial focus. What's he talking about? Well, he's saying that no matter how much you have in your portfolio or how, how conservative you're investing it, um, there are certain things that your advisor needs to be covering with you when you talk about money that people tend to overlook. And he gave five of them. Uh, the first one is a big one with me is inflation. Yeah, let's think, dive right into that one because inflation is yeah. a big one with me. We talk about on the show fairly often. Yeah, I think, you know, people will say, like, for example, they'll look at these numbers that, that you see the calculators, the investment calculators. Well, if I have this much money and I and I uh, set aside uh, $10,000 a year and I earn 7% a year for 30 years when I'm 65, I have whatever, you know, half a million dollars in the bank. You know, and you're, most people look at that number in today's purchasing power. And you have to remember that uh, that inflation is eroding your purchasing power. That is your loss of purchasing power every year. And so 30 years from now, that $500,000 isn't going to buy what you think it, it's going to buy if you're associating it with today's purchasing power. So that's something that's very important you have to keep in mind. Before you go, Mrs. AR, I want to play a little game called uh, Old Guys Reminiscing. Len, <laughs> All right, go for it. Len, when you were a kid and you went down to the corner store and you were getting a Hershey bar or a Kit Kat, what did that cost? Oh, Hershey bars were, were five cents when I was a kid. <sighs> I remember fi- I, I remember 15. I don't remember five. Well, I'm a little older than you. Yeah. I, and I remember when they went to 10. And then I remember when they went to 15. Let me give you one, Joe. The Slurpees. When you, when you went to the 7-Eleven store, how much was the small Slurpee? I lived way out in the country, so I didn't experience Slurpees until I was in college. So by then, uh, it was like a buck. It, it was a dime. A dime for a small Slurpee. Yeah. Yeah. Remember the, the when the big gulp came around? <laughs> there's multiple. There, you know, there's a big story. Somebody did, I think New York Times or somebody did a story on the big gulps. The big gulps over the years have increased, right? Originally it was 36 ounces, then it went to 44 ounces, then it went to the super big gulp, then it went to the mega super <laughs> big gulp. And I think you can get like 128 ounce super mega mega super big gulp now if all, you want. All I can think of is who's got a bladder that big? <laughs> That's all well, I you use the cup. You use, when you're done, you use the cup. <laughs> Is that what you do? It's a, du- yeah. it's a double threat. Yeah. That's right. That's why you pay extra for the big, big one. Hey, got to take a quick break from our awesome discussion with Mrs. Adventure Rich and Len Penzo to say a big thanks to everybody who's checked out our courses. You know, you don't come to Stacky Benjamins to learn anything, do you? If you want to learn, you take that to the next step. You head to stackybenjamins.com, and what you'll find is we offer low-cost courses with a big impact on your life. Two courses right now, learn how to save half of your income. And let's say that you take that course and you only learn how to save 40% of your income or only 25% of your income. Well, if you're saving less money than you want right now, learn how to save half your income is the course for you. And... For all those of you who procrastinate on your taxes, you know we got tax day coming up right around the corner. Learn how to legally cheat on your taxes. We'll go through the tax code and we'll show you 
often miss places where people have opportunities and you know why they miss them because they don't understand how taxes work so this is taxes 101 makes it very easy and i'll tell you all i'm doing in that course is i'm going through what somebody went through with me and i'll tell you i've had a lifelong appreciation of that education that i got and i'm uh, passing it on to you stackybenjamins.com scroll down just below the listen call where and interact buttons and you'll see learn how to legally cheat on your taxes learn how to save half your income hey i just heard about ask.vet recently and i found this to be the most interesting place because membership is low cost and you know vet bills can be super expensive so how do you get some of those questions answered about your pet without paying huge amounts of money uh, that's where Ask Vet comes in. And it's funny because when we first were talking about Ask Vet, I saw this. They had this cool survey about America's top 10 most expensive pets. So today we're going to talk about with uh, Dr. Cherise Roth from Ask Vet. Let's talk about the most expensive pets, the least expensive pets, and uh, let's talk about uh, Ask.Vet. Some news about your pets for all of you that have pets out there. The 2017 Ask.Vet National Pet Care Survey has found that America's smallest pets ring up the biggest vet bills. And here to help us talk about vet bills, Dr. Sharice Roth from Ask.Vet joins us. Welcome. Have a seat. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Well, tell me, what is this about smaller pets having bigger bills? Is it because as a, as a vet, Dr. Roth, it's, it's more difficult to take care of small pets? It is more difficult to take care of small pets because they can exercise what I described to my clients as their right to die. So that even if my surgical procedure is going fantastic, everything is going wonderfully, because these guys are so small, they can just go, nah, I think I'm done and can just die. And so it is much more difficult and so much more taxing as far as stress-wise for both the owner and me during procedures like that. But if you really want to know the real reason why they're so expensive is a lot of people, before they buy a horse, before they get a dog, they do tons of research, right? They educate themselves on what that pet needs. And that just doesn't happen with small critters. Uh. It's often an impulse purchase where you're at the Petco or PetSmart and you're rushing through with your five, six-year-old and all of a sudden they want this cute little fuzzy thing. <laughs> and, and you go, oh, yeah, okay, you finally cave and you do it. But what you fail to do is that research that goes back behind it. And that's actually where a lot of these vet bills for these small guys come from. Inappropriate diets, inappropriate environments, not feeding them what they need as far as vitamins and things like that are concerned. That's how it gets really expensive is that the people that are purchasing them more often than not have no idea what these little critters need to survive. Well, I feel bad admitting this, but number eight on this list of most expensive pets is a guinea pig. And I've, sh I've killed my share of guinea pigs, Dr. Roth, probably three <laughs> when I was, when I was growing up, but, but let's go through the top three in alpaca is the third most. Ex I bet that's just expensive because it's so exotic. It is exotic. And so, you know, you, don't really pack up these guys very easily and, and get them to the vet. And so often by the time the vet is called out, there's something pretty serious going on. Yeah. The other thing that's really important about alpacas is that they're really sensitive to heat. And so if you're living in the wrong area oh, code, yeah. so to speak, yeah. um, it's actually really quite hard to keep them healthy because if it's too hot for them, 
they tend to have a really hard time with that. Number two is a mouse, and number one is a gerbil. I don't, I don't, I don't generally think of gerbils as super expensive. They're not um, if you purchase one. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, again, it, it really does come down to, you know, people are purchasing these anywhere from 5 to $10 pets without doing any research on it. And because they are around in the family long enough, you know, usually these guys can live if they're well taken care of four to five years. And so if it's one of those things that you just got it, you don't want to be the person that's like, oh, I just got this pet and now it's going to die. And so, you know, I, I just try and be really up front with people that, you know, sometimes I'm able to fix them and sometimes I'm not. But often that means since they're so little, I can't put in just a regular IV catheter for them. So if they need fluids, things like that, I actually have to do a procedure and put the catheter down into their bone Wow! because they're so small. And so it is something that is, it's hard when these guys are, are very ill because they, they don't exhibit a lot of the signs that a, a regular species like a dog or a cat would because they're prey, right? If they are the weakest in their group, that's who gets hunted. And so these guys are actually designed by the celestial committee, so to speak, that <laughs> if they start to show that they are ill, they have to be really, really sick. Yeah. You know, when, when you talk about putting a catheter into a mouse. I just, I, all I see is a money guy is dollars. I, I feel bad. I should, should feel bad for the mouse, but I, I see dollar cents. How do we keep the vet bill down, but make sure our pets still live for a long time? So the goal with those guys is actually, you know, especially for mice is that they don't live very long. And so I am really upfront with, with people. And do you want a mouse or do you want this mouse? And you'd be surprised. You know, a lot of people will say, you know, Dr. Roth, I want this mouse. And then I go, okay, then let's fight for it. The way that you can keep from racking up really high vet bills is honestly educating yourself about what kind of pet you need in your lifestyle. If you are traveling often those types of things, then really a cat, something like that is more your speed because they really don't require our presence, right? They, <laughs> yeah, right. they want right. us to feed them, but you know, they're not um, labor intensive. Little guys like gerbils and mice are actually quite labor intensive. They, they need high amounts of water, high amounts of food because their metabolism is so high. And so educating yourself about what those pets need is the way to go for that. The other aspect of it is preventative care. Now, don't get me wrong, there are no vaccines and things like that for gerbils or mice. And so they don't necessarily follow that rule. But with dogs and cats especially, even horses, alpacas, preventing illness is always, always, always going to be cheaper than treating one. Yeah. 100% of the time. No, and that makes sense. And everything you said is just like for any other money decision, doing your homework ahead of time. I love the idea of picking the right pet for your lifestyle. I think that's important. And I've And, and I've often wondered, you know, you see these people, they have a big dog and they have a tiny apartment. And I think, why, why did you pick a big dog for a tiny apartment? But that's a whole different story. I want well, to ask you. It depends, right? Yeah. Because there are some large breed dogs that are really quite lazy. You know, you're not going to have a performance Mastiff. <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay to have them in, in, a, in a small, a smaller area, as long as you are still meeting their physical needs and able to take them out on walks and able to enrich their environment with toys and things like that. If you get a lab and you live in a small area, that's that's when you get issues. That's when your house gets torn up. That's when they right. eat things are not supposed to. So it really is all about you know making that decision based on what your family's lifestyle is like. Uh, the last question I want to ask you is around pet insurance. You know, a lot of the time on the show we've poo pooed pet insurance and have said don't do it. But we've had I've had vets write me and say you know pet insurance might be a good idea. What do you think? Where do you come down on that? 
my pets are insured. Okay. Even doing what I do, my pets are insured. The reason why is that, number one, there are several policies that do cover preventative care. For example, I have a two-year-old boxer. I also have 14-year-old dachshunds, but the boxer actually has the most <laughs> medical needs. He's two and a half years old. I, I pay $695 a year for his insurance. He's had knee surgery. I got 90% of what I spent on his knee surgery Wow. Back. Wow. Well, there's a policy paid for itself. Yeah, that's a right several times over. My deductible is like $150. He has better insurance than I do. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's one of those things that it's the reason why I started becoming a huge champion for pet insurance is imagine me saying, hey, I can fix this in your pet, but it's going to cost you $2,000. Do you want to have to say no because of what your budget says? Right. Yeah. And that's that's really what it comes down to. These are, you know, more and more we find that pets are, are truly part of the family. And we don't want those serious medical decisions to have to be made by what the balance on your bank account looks like, in all honesty. Because there are people that really do take that personally and it really does hurt them. It makes them feel like a bad person um, to have to make those types of decisions that, you know, Doc, I know that you can fix it but I can't afford it because of my financial situation. And that's when pet insurance is just really, that's when I really rally behind pet insurance policies because it can be something simple like eating a corn cob. I've had to eat the nice pets for eating a corn cob. Right. Uh, because they couldn't get the surgery done. Right. Because they don't move once they're in the GI tract. They just block everything. Uh, the site is, is ask.vet. And uh, tell people a little bit about ask.vet. Right. So we are a text-based company. What that means for the pet owner is that they would text the word VET, so V-E-T, to 67076. And they put in whatever information, whatever's going on with their pet. And so that means they can can text in photos. They can text in videos of what's happening. And unlike a lot of the other websites where it can be a vet tech, it can be a vet receptionist, it can be pretty much anybody that says that they can, that they know animals. These are all licensed practicing veterinarians that are answering these questions. And really what we're trying to do here, the goal of it is to help a avoid costly vet visits. Um, That's the first part of it. And so that's the virtual membership. It is $99 a year. That is unlimited tech sessions with a vet. So, hey, doc, I'm not really sure if this is something that's important. My dog is vomiting on a Saturday night. Do I have to pay that $150 walk in the door ER charge (laughs) or is it okay to wait till Monday morning? And those are the types of decisions that we that we help with. We also help people make decisions on what kind of preventative care is appropriate for their pet. So let's say this is your first puppy. You got it off Craigslist. They told you nothing. And while you've probably researched, yeah, okay, I know that I need potty pads. I know that I need a kennel. You have no idea how to use those things. You have no idea of when those vaccines are supposed to be due and what you're actually preventing when you're getting those vaccines for your pet, right? And so those are all things that we help with. The other one that we do is called pet concierge. And what that is, is we idiot-proof having a pet, essentially. We help you schedule appointments at your clinic, your groomer, at boarding facilities. We do the research for what flea and tick and foods are appropriate, what toys are appropriate for your pet. That's actually really important because there are, there are certain toys that are 
chewable. <laughs> then just because they're chewable does not mean they're digestible if your pet eats it. So having the right the right toy for the right pet. And then also helping with researching things like training, obedience classes, pet sitters. And if your pet does get ill and they need a specialist, we help you locate that as well. Awesome. And we will we will link to uh, Ask.Vet in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. And also, oh, is the survey actually public? Is there going to be a URL where I can send people for that? We don't have it public yet, but I'll let you know when we do. Okay. Um, but basically what we did is we asked 1,000 pet owners in July. You know, they answered the question via their, their cell phone because we're text-based. Right, <laughs> and right. we got back some, I think, really honest, really interesting answers from people as far as their, their veterinary concerns. That's fantastic. Uh, Dr. Roth, thanks for hanging out with us for a few minutes. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. And we'll link to Ask.Vet in our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. Uh, for all you pet owners, you know, we, we talk a little bit about pet insurance and about pets. Uh, probably not enough. Most of us have pets. All right. But speaking of pets, let's go to our pet project. This discussion, that's such a bad transition. Uh, this discussion with Mrs. Adventure Rich and Len Penzo from lenpenzo.com. Inflation, what's funny is, is that you see, you know, Jim Rogers, one of the great investment gurus says, don't even look at government statistics, Len. When it, and I don't want to talk government. I don't want to talk about politics. But I do want to say that if you believe government statistics about inflation, you're fooling yourself. Yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and the reason for that, Joe, is, and this is just a fact, um, the, since I think it was like the early 80s, the original uh, consumer price inflation index, uh, the, the formula has been changed multiple times over the last 20 or 30 years. So it's like changing your ruler, you know, a, a foot is 12 inches. And then 10 years later, they say, oh, no, now a foot is 15 inches. And so that makes it even more difficult. And they do that to hide the inflation. Yeah. I mean, just like uh, breakfast cereals, when they left the price the same, they just made the box smaller. I thought exactly. that, I thought that <laughs> yeah. was awesome. They're like, well, the price didn't change. Want to see my dogs or my pony? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, Mrs. A.R., let's go to you for the second one. This is sequence of return risk. And I'm wondering, as somebody who's a younger investor, is this the type of thing that you worry about yet? Do you think about sequence of return risk? Or are you like, I'll deal with that later? It's definitely an I deal with it later type of a thing, especially um, so we're a big fan in this household of the the long game index investing. So, you know, the ups and downs, as long as we um, still have our jobs or still have funds to be investing, we want to just kind of ride out the market. And so we're not too worried right now if there is a downturn or if there's ups and downs. But as we get closer to whether our retirement date is at a traditional retirement or whether we're t- retiring a little bit early from traditional employment, I think about five years out, that's when we'll pr- start to get a little bit more nervous or a little bit more watchful, I should say, is trying to take a look and see where's our risk tolerance, because right now it's very high. It's primarily our, we're invested in stocks. But I think that would change if we were coming up closer to our retirement date. Yeah. Len, speaking of, speaking of, <laughs> do you, uh, I got a few years to go. I got a few years. <laughs> yeah. But this idea of sequence of return risk, I, I agree with the author here. People don't pay attention to that enough. Yeah. Especially, you know, and, and as somebody who's at the other end of the spectrum from Mrs. AR, you know, I have to be careful, you know, a downturn now or in the, you know, that lasts right as soon as I'm about to retire really can take a big hit out of my, my retirement savings. So I have to get very defensive and I have to, you know, do everything I can to maintain what I have 
because it, I don't have the time. As you get everybody, as you get older, you have less time to recover from de- from downturns. Well, luckily, you got defensive 15 years ago, which made you successfully <laughs> avoid. You successfully avoided yeah. seven of the last two downturns, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, totally missed out, I, and everybody knows this. I've I've totally missed out on the last five years of the. Of, I can't. You know, I can't mainly stop. of the stock market. I can't stop pouring salt in that wound. I can't. No, that's okay, Joe. Every that's chance okay. I get, I'm sorry. I feel bad. <laughs> I still though. sleep good. I still sleep well at night. <laughs> but for people but, that but don't, I do, I do look at those returns and go, "My God, what have I missed?" But for people that don't know what sequence of return risk is, it's that you have bad returns, and I think people have gotten this just from our discussion. You've bad returns specifically at the worst time, just as you're headed into retirement, the market tanks, and now you're getting more conservative with your money at the same time that you've lost a bunch of money. So you have to you have to watch out for that. The third one on this list that I want to talk about is the four percent rule. I was so surprised, Mrs. AR, to see the four percent rule on here because. I mean, don't you think the 4% rule where you can take 4% out of your investments and rely on that for your whole life, like that's that's rule of thumb number one we all live by. That's what I was going to say. I know it's definitely a popular concept in the personal finance world and in especially the FIRE community for so financial independence, retire early. But, you know, honestly, I had never heard of the 4% rule prior to getting involved with, you know, following personal finance blogs. So that's one where, while it seems so second nature to me, I could see where if I hadn't been handed the millionaire next door outside of college, I never would have stumbled upon personal finance. I probably would be oblivious to this rule. So not too surprised that it shows up on a list. Yeah. Len, how about you? Do you believe the 4% rule should be more like the 3% rule or 3.5% rule? Yeah, I kind of do, only because people are living longer. And so, and, 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 you know, me, Joe, I'm, and, and your listeners, I'm just super conservative. So yeah, I, I think I would go down to at least three and a half percent. Yeah. The last two on this list, by the way, are tax planning and uh, healthcare costs. And those are obviously big ones, but we'll let people read those on their own. If they head to our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com, we'll link to it. I want to move to our third piece, which I thought was a ton of fun. This is from a blog called Debts to Riches, Ditch Debt, Find Freedom. And it's letters to my future self. And it says, on my debt-free journey, I've learned that motivation is everything. If we want to see progress, we have to engineer our environment to bump ourselves along to success. Gamify, automate, and habitify. I love that. Are my watchwords. (laughs) Support is a major component of achievement. So surrounding yourself with people who encourage you is a key. That's why I joined the debt-free community on Instagram when I first started getting serious about paying down my $130,000 of student loan debt. Wonder, wonder, by the way, Len, what Greg would say about $130,000 in student loan debt. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness he's not here. Uh, working toward, <laughs> That's a big number. Yeah, that is a big number. Working toward a common goal along with hundreds of others brings a sense of community and accomplishment. So what, uh, what the blogger here is saying, debts to riches, at the end is maybe I need to motivate myself and to get myself fired up, once again, to use Mrs. A.R.'s term, the uh, fire, financial independence, retire early, she sends herself encouraging letters from the past using this cool thing, futureme.org, where you can send an email from now to the future telling yourself to keep it up and giving yourself things to remember that you want to make sure that you don't forget. And I thought this was great. What is something, and we'll go ladies first, Mrs. A.R., what would you today send your future self that you got to remember maybe five years from now, 10 years from now? Absolutely. So I think what I would send is I would tell myself to always remember to live some portion of your retirement today. 
So if I'm always imagining that my retirement is going to be waking up with a cup of coffee and watching the sunrise and reading a book or going for a run midday or, you know, watching the sunset with my family, those are great things to look forward to. But nothing is stopping me from doing that today. My husband and I both have full time jobs. We have a son. We might have an early meeting or a late meeting that would cause me not to be able to do this as often, but I can take steps and live my retirement dream today. So I want to always remind myself of that and kind of going back to Adventure Rich itself, live a life of adventure. That's awesome. I love that. Do you think you're going to forget that though? Do you think at any point you'll forget that? So the thing is though, I generally I don't, but then I'll have those days even now or even a week or so where, you know, things are crazy, work is busy, the toddler's going through the phase where he doesn't sleep at night, everything like that, right? And so life happens. And there's times where it is a lot harder to remind yourself to just stop for a second, look around and say, hey, this is pretty good. And if I want to, I can just take a pause and go do something I really enjoy, even if it's just for five minutes. That's fantastic. And it is, you're right, it's easy, especially with kids to go, uh, all of a sudden it's just gone. And then you realize that it's gone and you're trying to furiously get it back. Len, how about you, your future self? Yeah, uh, it's only money. And and what I mean by that, that's what I would tell myself when I was younger. I, when I was just starting out, out of college, every dollar was precious to me. It was so precious to me, I was afraid to invest because I was afraid I was going to lose some money. Oh, my stock is down five, you know, uh, a percent today or two percent. What happens if, man, if I wasn't so fearful, I would have invested more earlier and I would have made more money. Again, that cautious nature of me, it, uh, you know, people, when you, especially 20-somethings, hey, invest, be free, don't worry about it. Set, invest and then forget it. Don't follow your, you know, every rise and fall of the market. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to work out. You got your whole life ahead of you. You have plenty of time to recover. Don't be afraid to lose a little money. I'd tell myself, remember to throw away that tuna fish. <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> if, if you haven't done it yet, it's probably pretty bad by now. Oh, no, my gosh. I wouldn't tell myself that. I would tell myself, you know, what I tell myself every day right now, which is to, I feel a lot of fear all the time and to go ahead and feel the fear, but to live anyway, you know, just keep moving, keep moving forward and it's going to, it's going to be okay. So yes, it is. How about that I for like psychological that and kind of deep? That's it. That's all the depth you're going to get on this show because we're going to keep it moving. <laughs> uh, we'll let our guests go last. Lempenzo, what's happening at Lempenzo.com? Hey, Joe, a really cool article, 15 things that are better to rent than buy. I think uh, you might be surprised at a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> what? I, I just had a funny thing I can't say. So, so, so we're going to... No, are you thinking of the joke, the things that you should rent versus uh, there's a joke there. I, there's got to be a joke there. I won't say it in the presence of Mrs. Ahar, but yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm like, yeah, we're, we're going to leave that one. Right? Uh, thank you. <laughs> Moving off that, Mrs. Avenger Rich, thank you very much. For joining us, even though Lempenzo's absolutely my pleasure. Even though Lempenzo's disgusting, knowing what <laughs> I think he's thinking, I wasn't thinking. Hey, it. look he it was. up. Look it up on Google. There's a there's a joke there. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell us, tell us before Len keeps going. Tell us what's going on at adventurerich.com. 
Absolutely. So at Adventure Rich, I've been sharing a couple stories and lessons learned from my first year of working full-time remote for a Fortune 40 company. So a couple things there um, on that, some updates on our personal finance, our net worth. And then I'm also participating in a September savings month where um, a couple of us bloggers led by um, the Lady in the Black over at theladyintheblack.com. Um, I believe that's the URL. I can double check that. But she is um, having all a couple of us do a challenge where if we get a coupon savings or a savings on a discounted price, instead of just taking that and nodding at it, we actually put that into a savings account. So I'll be joining her on that challenge throughout the month of September. We're going to have her on. Do you know her, Len? No, I don't, Joe. She's a fiend on Twitter, like just a just a Twitter Twitter fiend. So uh, Awesome. Yeah, uh, uh, we we definitely have to have her on at some point. That's awesome. And we'll link to, obviously, VentureRidge.com. Thanks for coming on. Sorry uh, you had to spend uh, almost an hour with us. It's been my pleasure, and I've had a beer to keep me going. <laughs> That's good. Hey, and this is AR. I still like you, even if you, you, you don't like my number 16. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. If I ever come back to Southern California, I'll come say hi or maybe at FinCon. Awesome. Uh, thanks for playing, guys. Thanks. Have a good one. Oh, that's going to do it for today, everybody. Hey, guess what? We play a game on this here show, and we've got some stuff coming up next week that I want to detail for you. But first, let's do what we do every week and head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnify money because magnify money is the place that you go whenever you think, you know what? I'm not doing as well with my money as I could. And those products that I use every day, I could probably have better ones, like a better savings account, better personal loans, better student loan refinance options, better CDs, better reward credit cards. But what we do on every Friday is we take a look at savings account rates. So I just went to magnify money dot com using the stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money link and then i click on savings accounts i click on get personalized offers and guess what let's take a look it was 1.4 if you remember we had two of them at 1.4 last week and yep we still have two of them at 1.4 live oak bank and uh, dollar savings direct and then salem five direct cit are at 1.35 we go down from there and what's funny is not only do they tell me which ones have the highest interest rate, but they also tell me what the minimum balance is, the transparency when it comes to the fine print. They have a score A through F like in school. And then the amount of money that you'd save if you put money in there. And I put $11,000 in there. So the offerings might be different for your zip code. So check it out. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. And if you're somebody who has children or you know people with kids, well, guess what? you should think about sending them to FamZoo because kids don't learn money concepts in school. And sadly, we don't give them chances to mess up with their money. If you don't know my story, my parents, great people, didn't give me much of a chance to screw up with money early on. So guess what? I messed up the big bucks and my credit the second that I got to college. Well, don't make that your problem. FamZoo might sound familiar because Bill Dwight, their founder, has been on the show a couple times over the years to help us talk about kids and money. And for the last decade, he's been on a mission to help parents be better money mentors for their kids, and it's working. If you read the amazing FamZoo reviews on Facebook or iTunes from families all over the U.S., you'll see it. But here's how it works. is prepaid debit cards that are attached to an award-winning app. And not only can you dole out allowances that way, watch your kids shop that way, have them track individual stocks, give them loans 
give them interest on their savings, whatever you want to do, you can really flex FAMZOO around the money lessons the kids need to learn at home and that they don't get at school. Here's how you get there. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash FAMZOO. That tells Bill and the team that we told you to go there. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash FAMZOO. All right, we play a game here on Fridays, and this particular game that we're playing, this is a fun one. You listen to the beginning of the show, read the description of the show, and look at the title of the show. And somewhere in there is a clue, and each week, this is Friday number three of this current eight weeks, each week we're giving you another clue toward a bigger puzzle. So there might be a piece that might not seem to fit, and as you get more and more clues, you'll finally say to yourself, oh, guess what? I think I know what that is. And you head to my email, joe at stackybedjamins.com, or just the question for the show link and fill it in there. And you know what? You, if you're within 24 hours, the first person to guess, your name goes in the hat and you'll win a prize pack that we put together specifically for you. In fact, I feel bad for Luke who won our last game. He finally finally got his prize pack from us. And it was glad to see that he got that. So good stuff. Uh, for the person who wins, and uh, better late than never, I suppose. Uh, Let's talk about what's coming up next week on the show, shall we? Kim Anderson has a fantastic story. She had gone through some real financial hardships and decided to reboot everything. And if you're somebody who maybe not is as good with your money as you should be, or you are good and you just want some great tips from somebody who's done a great job of deciding to get a little more analytical with their money, Kim Anderson is uh, somebody I've been excited to interview. And of course, Kim Anderson runs the site, thriftylittlemom.com. And then also on Wednesday, we got a potpourri episode. We're tackling your letters. And I'm very excited because those are the shows that uh, just based on the downloads, people love those shows. We answer a bunch of your money questions. So I'm really excited about that. And then next Friday, we got the band back together. Greg, Len, Paula, and a cool fintech company called Hippo that I can't wait to introduce you to. So that's all coming up next week. Have a fantastic weekend. Go Stacks and Benjamins. We'll see you on Monday. Bye-bye. Special thanks to Mrs. Adventure Rich for joining us today. You'll find her blog at adventurerich.com. Len Penzo appears courtesy of lenpenzo.com. Special thanks also to Dr. Sharice Roth from Ask.Vet for joining today. For more information on how they help you take care of your pets, head to Ask.Vet. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Kathleen Selmans handles design, newsletter, and classroom opportunities. If you'd like to learn more, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash classes. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm pretty much the guy in charge of everything around here. Trust me, this well-oiled machine didn't get like this all by itself. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor.
Okay, I've sat here trying to think of something pleasant to say after that, and I can't. Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union can help you earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you could start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Considering a big home improvement project, maybe you want to consolidate debt. Well, if you're thinking consolidation, that's part of your plan. You could borrow up to 100% of your home's equity with a fixed rate home equity loan with zero closing cost or easily borrow as you go with a home equity line of credit. What I like, you make your plan first and then you use the appropriate instrument to get you there. And Navy Federal has them. Both options could help make life's big expenses seem more manageable. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA. Equal housing lender. Membership required. Terms and conditions apply. Loan subject to approval.